All right, and we're back. It's your boy DJ Boom, Fresh Start Podcast. Um, I'm sitting here with Libby Love and Dico. Um, I had a question. Is your process for writing your raps the same as uh, your process for writing poetry? No. Not at all. Can you break them down? Mm -hmm. Okay, so when I write poetry, um, like I said, I came such a long way from, you know, rapping. So, you know, I could just put on the beat and just, you know, come up with bars. Mm -hmm. But with poetry, it's acapella. You have to use the sounds around you. You can't use an instrumental. Mm -hmm. You can't use, you have to use nature. You have to use, I literally use like the the AC blowing as an instrument to come up with ideas and come up with, you know, stories and come up, I have to use my environment. And it's very, it's really hard to write poetry, even though that's where I rooted from in the beginning. But, you know, rapping, I can just put on a beat and just, you know, feel it and just, you know, come up with, you know, what I, what I, what I want to say, you know, put on a J. Cole beat and be like, okay, all right, cool. This sounds like a storyteller or a storytelling type beat or, you know, just dropping bars or a lyrical type beat. But when it comes to poetry, I have to use my environment. And that is the most hardest thing I had to root back to ever, like ever. Like when I said I, when I came from, when I came back to deep, when I went into deep, they literally had to push me back into that my roots, mm -hmm. that poetry that poetry realm, and that you know that genuinely writing realm, and it was so hard because I was like I don't want to do this anymore. This is hard, whatever. I give up easily. So it was just like when I had Deco and I had Marquise and I had Keith just pushing me through it and you know make helping me write stories and helping me come up with ideas and concepts. You know writing prompts. You know. Um, you know, coming up intellectual conversations, you know, sparking into a poem, you know, just using my outer thoughts to, you know, channel my inner thoughts was just like, it's it's a beautiful process, but it's such a annoying and mm -hmm. frustrating process. Mm -hmm. But the rapping process is completely different. It's a lot more, you know, breezy to me, I guess. Have you ever um, used one of your poems as a rap? Yep. Transferred it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I used to, like I said, uh, I used to perform, and when I started, you know, going inside of my, you know, rapping phase, a lot of the poems that I would write sounded like raps. They had a flow to them. So I, would, I still use them till, still to this day whenever I perform, and I still use them for competitions whenever I perform. So that was always uh, my leverage of, you know, other people who had poems, you know, they'd be like, oh, I only have, I only wrote two new pieces. I'm like, I have eight, <laughs> you know? So it's just like, I have, you know, I used the old ones and I used the storytelling ones that had a beat, but you, you would never know. You would just think like, okay, you can just tell that she's a rapper, but it's just like, she has a leverage, but it's just like, I really don't. I just, I don't know. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know. You write every day? No. No? Mm -mm. How often do you say, do you, would you say you write? And do you do it routinely, or is it as inspiration comes? As yeah. inspiration comes. Um, if I feel inspiration, like right now, I've been writing because of all that's going on right now. Um, so that was definitely a, a moment I took to, uh, I guess, like, you know, time stamp this, a lot that's going on right now. So I took that time to, you know, just genuinely write. Um, but rapping and poetry, it, I have to feel inspiration. You know, writing prompts always don't help me. They don't always, you know, get me to where I need to go, you know, get in that concept and get in that uh, storytelling across, a, you know, those bars across, you know. 
I have to have inspiration from somewhere or, you know, I have to pull it from, you know, what's going on. So, yeah, it's not. It's just as inspiration comes. Okay. So you brought up um, the things that are going on right now have really inspired you. Uh, what exactly is your perspective on the protest and the way things are going in America? It's scary. It's really scary. But burn all this shit down. You know, I, we came inside, we came to America, you know, without a name, without a, a, we just came here with numbers. And for, you know, you to tell me that it's okay for you to take a life to a neck, and it's appropriate and it's normalized. But I think what makes it even more scary is that all of these events and all of these, you know, these scary, all of these significant deaths are being caught on camera. I think that's the most scary part to me, you know, that I'm actually seeing a life leave its body mm -hmm. on camera. That's the most scariest part. Mm -hmm. I think it's crazy that, you know, <clears throat> even with Colin Kaepernick two, three years ago now, mm -hmm. you know, it started off peaceful and we were trying to say it in the, then. We were trying to say it in the 90s. We were trying to say it in the old hundreds, you know what I'm saying? It's not, this isn't anything new. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm definitely with you as far as like, it's time for change, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I don't know what the proper way about it is, but you know, I can definitely, I don't know. It's just, it's, yeah. it's scary because it feels like we're we're one one trigger happy cop from a civil yeah. war type shit. What's yeah, killing yeah. me is the fact that, that makes it scary for me is that there's so much gaslighting going on at the same time. It's, it's a lot of propaganda. I don't there. know what to believe other than what I experience in my own city and then it takes me back to like the 1960s civil rights era where i'm like man it's a good thing they didn't have social media back then because the amount of misinformation that would have been distributed just, yeah but it's that organization that was needed in order to get information released in a timely fashion to the right people yeah. in the right way and yeah the misinformation and the gaslighting and the I don't know the bandwagonism. I don't like it, and that's what makes it scary for me. The it's photo like, ops. The photo ops. Yeah. Just a lot of this, like, yeah. I don't, and it it makes me very distrustful of a lot of people. Yeah. That I'm like, is this how you really feel, or is this just convenient for you to feel like this right now? Facts, because it's it's like now with like the time change. It's hard to say who's genuine, like who's willing, who's really willing to die, mm -hmm. you know, for you know the the things that they say they stand for. People say they stand for something and really don't even be about it. I don't think that, like, I really don't think over fifty percent of people out there are really for this stuff. Because mm -hmm. you gotta think we're coming straight off of quarantine. Mm -hmm. There's no sports right now. You know what I'm saying? I really think a lot of these people are just bored. They're not for the cause. And now that the fact that all these other brands are actually getting on board and saying they're standing in solidarity with us, it's almost becoming to a point where, like, if you don't say you're yeah. with the Black Lives Matter movement. Then you're automatic. If you're not with us, then you're automatically against us, which yes is true. I mean, I will say that's not a false, like... False statement. That's not mm -hmm. a false statement. But, but it's a lot of fake just kind of yeah, throwing it up to get passed by. And yeah. I'll say, too, like, I don't Put think that... Down. I think that the people who are downtown, for the most part, aside from your, like 
your ops and like your undercover people here and there. Mm. The majority, I will say, I do feel like are there with the good intentions, but they still have a lot of learning to do. Yeah. And um, and I think that they <laughs> sometimes you find those people who are willing to learn, and sometimes you find those people who are still very headstrong and kind of missing major points. Yeah. Again, like I think their intentions are still good. Mm-hmm. Now that bandwagoning, yeah, those those companies and orgs, oh yeah, no. I think that um I think that a lot of them, not all, but a lot are definitely like if you don't donate, if you don't support this cause now, then it's mm-hmm. going to be kind of showcases if you don't and that's the unpopular opinion right now. What's sad is I think a the thing is with a lot of these companies, it's coming down to just numbers and people are just, the people in the company are trying are to save being, face. They're just being smart as far as business mm-hmm. marketing. Because you got to look. Coming out of an economic like, you can look at downturn any, too. any athletic company. You can look at, you know, Nike. I can almost guarantee African Americans are the. Number one buyers. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So they're just kind of playing the part. Just well, to make sure. okay. Nike at least did support Colin Kaepernick. Like. I, and. That's I'm, I'm not necessarily saying Nike. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that Call okay. of Duty, Call of Duty has a whole screen now on it. Yeah, I was gonna Black say. Matter. Like, really, Activision? Do you really care? Like, yeah. or is, are you just kind of securing? Jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah. Are you just kind of securing the black customers moving yeah. forward? You know. You yeah. Know yeah. It's kind of scary now because you know it's like when people jump on the bandwagon, it's more like them playing it safe. You yeah. know, it's like you you're playing, they're literally playing it safe. It's kind of like a. Comfort. I don't know, like a res- it's, it's like a result of you know playing it safe during slavery times, you know yeah. playing it safe, you know saying that you're you know with the revolution and that you're with the um, the riots and you know you're really not with them. It's like you playing it safe, like self suicide, really. Because the question is, what's the due date on all these people that are supporting? You know what I'm saying? I need to see receipts first of all, and I and like I had a question about. When we say, okay, we're donating money to the black community. Okay, the mayor of L.A., that's one thing because you have the power to actually distribute funds to different neighborhoods. But to these organizations, it's like, what do you mean? Tell me, what what do you mean you're donating money to the black community and black organizations? Which ones? Tell me which ones. What do they do? I need to see those receipts. I need to see those receipts. Yeah. And also, you know... To be fair, not all not all black organizations or any like nonprofits and stuff, you don't need to accept anybody's money just because it's being given to you. Mm-hmm. Because that that is another thing that I think we need to realize. Money means that sometimes it's not really a donation. It's a transaction. They're, ho- they're hoping for an obligation later. Yeah. And so not all money is good money. And all of this donating, donating, donating can often I'm just scared that we will wake up in like a year and a half from now and all of a sudden we are again owned yeah. by corporations yeah. because oh but this but this playground was built by so and so this company or you know we we uh went through a beautification process of the whole neighborhood and now the property value was up because of this donation to this community from this um major funder yeah i just i'm very distrustful of a lot of people and things right now yeah let me ask. Let me ask you this. Um, as far as you know, you say you're being very inspired in this time to create. Um, there's also some people try to make the argument that people are dropping music and using this stuff. Like, there's always the argument that some people are using it for clout. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the balance between you know 
I should just be with the movement right now and being able to create and just release as I should. Do you think that, you know, there should be a time or like a delay? I don't think that the time stamp on when you should be emotionally triggered, you know, by what's going on. But what I think that for for artists who um, for artists who you know their you know their specific you know wave or their specific you know approach to music has nothing to do with you know the the black people and it it's not benefiting nor is it you know enlightening black people. I'm not gonna bash them or anything, but it's just like some people think that you know they're just using it as clout. I think that how emotionally triggered you are about something does not define your timestamp on when you choose to rap about what you rap about. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, I think that artists have the, you know, artists are artists. They have the, you know, they have the right to do so. But I think that if you want, if you want to enlighten someone or if you, if you're actually trying to genuinely enlighten, enlighten someone, you know, black people, we, our, our attention span, it goes down really fast. If you can't give us something that we can, you know, latch on to, if you're only saying, let's kind of like telling the bad kid, you know, don't touch the hot stove, you know, they touch it. You can't just tell them one time not to touch it. You have to continuously be in their ear. And if you know, taking the time to post one video or post, you know, one video during this time to enlighten black people on what's going on. It's just like, is it really benefiting us? You know, is it really, is, what is it doing, you know? Like, is it really doing anything? Do you think that it's artists' responsibilities to, like, partake in protesting and things like that? I, I, don't, I don't think that they're, I don't think that they're obligated to, but I think that, you know, with the platforms that they have, they are. Yeah. In some aspect, they they are. We need to. It's kind of like we need reassurance and we need confirmation that you're standing with us. You know, like whether even though you don't have to rap about you know uh, enlightening us or you know um, standing with us, but let us know that you know give us reassurance that you're still on our side, whether you rap about it or not. Yeah, in my personal opinion. I feel like you know, especially right now with the I, I'm gonna say the momentum of the way things are going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not. You know, how, how long has it taken for us to get to this point where we actually are on the page where everyone seems to be on the same page and then are together protesting the same movement? You know what I'm saying? So that goes that was kind of tied into my question as far as, like, should we be going on about life normally and creating, I guess not even tied to creating, but going on about life normally, or should we all, like, really just take this moment and see what we can do while we have everyone's attention? Because we're not going to have a moment like this again for... A really, wow. really mm -hmm. long time. So, like you said, I think that we should definitely. I think that all artists, you know, should take the time right now to honor this piece of history. You know, because a lot of artists before our time have talked about it. Have talked about, you know, there will be riots, there will be wars, there will be, you know, a race war. You know, years from now they didn't see it, but you know we're living in it. So it's just like we should take the time to, you know, let them know that damn, this shit is actually happening. So now we're going to try to do something impactful and do something, you know, positive to move forward, you know? You can't just kind of brush it under the rug. You got to honor that shit. You got to mm -hmm. understand that it is it. definitely there. Yeah. yeah, acknowledge it. I think acknowledge it's so it. strange. Um, 
Well, how do you feel about? Okay, so I don't know. Did you did y'all hear about the news? Like Trina's now canceled because of what she said. Mm-mm. She like she basically was like she's not worried about anything because she has her license and registration on her at all times. And like if we like, I I don't want to misquote. Mm-hmm. So let me. I was gonna say it already well, sounds ignorant. <laughs> it is. It is quite ignorant. But let yeah. me let me pull it up so this way I don't I do not misquote anything that she said. But um. Trina. Outside of that, let me ask you, how do you feel about cancel culture? How do I feel about cancel coaching? Culture. Culture, culture. cancel mm-hmm. culture. I don't want to misperceive what you're saying, so can you explain to me what you... So, I'll explain it as I wrap in this also, this this quote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so keep everybody off the streets, these animals off the streets, and they're running around Miami-Dade County acting like they have escaped from a zoo. That's what she referred to the protesters as. And then, yeah, she, um, yeah, that's how she feels. So, of course, she is now canceled, <laughs> right? Like, on Twitter, I don't have a Twitter, but from what I've been told, <laughs> um, she is canceled, meaning that, like, y'all, we, we, don't, we don't rock with her no more, like, not Maybe, supporting what she does. Yeah, we don't really support what she okay. does anymore. So, okay. like, cancel culture is this idea that now when people mess up, we, like, we just basically are, like, shh, you, like, cut them off. Oh, we just exclude them from the culture. Yeah. I think that kind of sounds like, um, there, I think they, I think somebody did refer to that cancel culture, um, word with Tokyo Jets when she said that she yeah. was on George Floyd somebody. Yeah. She was talking yeah. to somebody. She was like, like oh, yeah, the George Floyd. Like, she's like, yeah, I'm about to George Floyd you. Like, yeah. Yeah, Tokyo Jets. Oh, cancel culture is real right about now. Yeah. Anybody can get it. And everybody is taking it too. Because it's like, yeah. whoa, y'all are just coming out of pocket with some like, of the things I'm saying. Why would you even say something? Ignorance. Like I think because a lot of times we tend to forget that if we are, it, well, it's easy for us to forget. If you're in the culture, you know what I'm saying? Like, we have a past for saying certain things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like Trina not talking to a bunch of white folk. She talking to a bunch of black people. Yeah. So that should be her safe space. But at the same time, it shows how you really feel or how disconnected you are to the community. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why I think we tend to get, or a lot of uh, these artists tend to get confused. You are not, You are not better or outside of the community. You are the community. Yeah. And like... These and you got an eye on you. Yeah, you got a lot of eyes yeah. on you. Yeah, I think a lot of uh, major artists right now they kind of forget that. Yeah, they think that they're one of us. You know, just a, a regular person. You know, who could go out their door without a million people outside their door. You are at a certain platform, so you have to hurt, handle yourself at a certain, you know, in a certain, you know, way. As soon as you mess up, black people, we're all watching you, you know? Whether, you know, we want to or not, we're watching you. You you represent us. You are a representation of us, whether it's sex appeal, whether it's lyrical, you know? As soon as you fuck up, we're, we're, we're going to be there. But I will say that cancel culture is new. Because up until yeah, recently, we wasn't even canceling people off like that. I don't even think cancel culture really just came around when we started talking about R. Kelly this time. Because think about it, I think now I think sexual allegations and stuff like that is completely different. I don't, and and I would push back on that only because it should be different, but it's not, or it hasn't been in the past. So, like for example, cancel R. Kelly. Yes, mm-hmm. this is based off of sexual allegations, but we just started saying that. 2019, 2018 for allegations that happened in 2017. And that's why I think that it's so easy sometimes for us to forget. Like, we are no longer as forgiving as a culture as we were 
we're no longer as blinded. We're no longer, and we and we are holding ourselves a lot more accountable. That's the big difference. I think that it still falls under cancel culture, but it, we're calling it something now, mm-hmm. like because there's a there's people who we are now holding accountable for their actions, and we're not just brushing it under under the rug and being like, oh, like. It's probably not that. You know what I'm saying? Now mm-hmm. we're saying, no, no, you are wrong for saying that. You are wrong for doing that. And you need to be canceled for that. I think that you definitely are right. But I don't think that everybody's with that cancel culture. Oh, no. no. I think that because it's kind of cancel culture kind of falls into the category of what I'm thinking. You know, like the memes, the dark memes that people post, mm-hmm. like the real sick jokes and the real dark memes, it kind of falls back on that. So, yeah. you know, we kind of have normalized these dark jokes and we kind of have normalized this, you know, it's appropriate pretty much, you know, cause we're all laughing. And then, you know, a person at a different platform, they do it. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't think we, I don't think we hold each other all as kind of like Doji Cat. Mm-hmm. That whole situation that went down with, I guess, like the racist conversations, I had no clue about them. Yeah. I mean, when they, I found out when everybody else found out. I found out when everybody yeah. else found out. But I think that, you know, with the, we have normalized a lot of things, including, you know, dark, dark comedy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just, it's appropriate now. So I don't think, I don't think that we, I don't think that do, Tokyo Jet specifically, I don't think that she really thought that she was wrong. You know, it just came out involuntarily. Yeah. But when somebody stopped her and said it, you know, like, hey, that was wrong. And, you know, she was being ambushed by people, mm-hmm. probably people who genuinely cared and probably people who were probably just like, okay, I, I, I don't, I, I still want to listen to her music, but mm-hmm. you're wrong. And, you know, I don't want to be ambushed either. So, you know, a lot of people are like sh- forced into, you know, attacking mm-hmm. one person for, you know, dark comedy, I guess. Do you think that music, that an artist and their music are separate? Like, you can cancel an artist and still celebrate their music. I'm sure there's levels to this, of course. But, like, I think the... I'm going to just bring up R. Kelly one more time. Only because... <laughs> like, because really, his... That's the easiest one. That's the easiest one. Yeah. Only, I think it's easy for, for me to be like, now we got to cancel his music because his music was snitching on himself. And now that I listen to it, I'm like, ew, I know what he was talking about now and I can't. Uh, that's why I think... I yeah. Saying, yeah. Whereas, like... I'm not canceling Trina's music, bro. Like, I mean, like, she says some cool shit, but I'm not about to be like, nah, Bad Bitch Anthem is my shit. I'm, I'm running to that every morning. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, so I continue, but I just, there's levels to it. Yeah. So what was the question? I forgot. <laughs> I think the question was, um. Oh, can you separate the art from the artist within cancel culture? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can because, you know, what an artist, you know, puts out during the writing process or however they, you know, come out with their creation or their project, it's a different it's a different outcome than, you know, they, they had intention of them writing it. Mm-hmm. No, you do not separate because at the end of the day, you are using your black conscious and you are using your conscious thoughts to make to either be lyrical to either say what you want to say cuz you know R Kelly if you're if you've been spending this much time you know talking about you know having sex with children you know like and we never noticed it and you've done it in such a blind way you've been thinking that for a while yeah. so it's just like it's a yes and a no like yes you should separate them but no it's just like mm-hmm. you're using your black conscious got to do it case by case yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. definitely all right we're going to take another quick break come back Good love uh. 
And we're back again. My headset just cut out. <laughs> right. We're good. It's your boy DJ Boom, Fresh Start Podcast, and here with Deco and special guest Libby Love. Um, so let's go back to your music. Um, do you have we know you create as inspiration comes, but do you release your music as inspiration comes or do you have a schedule that you kind of try to go about? Um, I release music videos or music in, as it comes. I do not have any music out right now. Um, I'm kind of putting it on a delay because right now I'm like, like you said, inspiration as it comes. Um, I haven't got the motivation to actually or the confidence to um, show people, you know, the transition, you know. I was about to say, I've seen, um, I think I've seen a video, I've seen a couple of, video, of your videos. Um, there was one where I believe you were playing uh, a beaten woman. Yeah. Oh, um, that one was called The Asset of Prostitution. Okay. Um, she actually wasn't a woman, which is crazy. Um, she was, a, a, through the age, she was in her teens. So um, I was pretty much um, pl- playing on that stereotype of, you know, being a product of prostitution. Mm-hmm. So, I take the time to, you know, give people, you know, bars, reassurance, because people be like, oh, she's just a storyteller. Give people, you know, videos, you know, just me just, you know, just rapping. And then I take the time to honor, I but that comes as inspiration comes. Um, I take the time to honor, you know, a lot of micro problems in the black community that a lot of people don't pay attention to. Um, a lot of people will be confused sometimes. A lot of my black peers will be confused about the, I guess, the purpose or the the reason. Intent. Yeah, the intent of the actual, you know, video or the rap or, you know, the poem because it's, it's such a micro problem. A lot of people don't zoom in on it or bother to pay any any attention. Mm. So. so you said you, you don't want you don't want people to see the uh, progression through time. You just want to pop out. Yeah, I, like Kendrick. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Um, I don't think I, I. I really think that I've grown a long way, and I've grown in my journey of you know studying and you know being a being a student. You know, and now I guess people would call me a teacher, but I'm still a student. You know, every day, every year. You know, all those years I've been a student, and even when I felt like I was good enough, I was still a student. I was still learning from you know my peers who you know wrote poetry, from my peers who rap, from people I see in Savannah. A lot of um, artists from Savannah are actually my motivation, and a lot of my inspiration comes from. I'm like, wow, like you're actually you know I look up to them. You know, so. I'd rather just pop out and, you know, let them know, like, okay, like, I think I'm, I I think me and you, you know, we are the same. We are merely the same. And I want to pop out and, you know, let them know that instead of them, you know, think I'm just a poet, you know. What local artists do you listen to, admire, and um, or would want to work with in the future? Um, I don't think you know him. His name is Trey Rome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trey.Rome on Instagram. Uh, he's, he's fucking dope. Um, you can find him on Spotify, Trey Rome, T-R-E, um, R-O-M-E. Um, he's, he's amazing. Um, he can sing and I've always wanted to sing. Um, I actually met him and, you know, we're pretty good. We're pretty good friends. Um, might as well just call him my brother. Um, I will want to work with him definitely. And, uh, Cairo, um, K-A-Y-R-O. He's, he's pretty dope too. I don't, think he has music out but he does do cyphers and stuff like that so mm-hmm. he's dope do you want to be in the battle rap scene 
mm. which is crazy. Um, you know, it's cra- before I actually entered deep, I was a, I was a, I, I used to, I was a battle rapping poet. Really? Yeah. I was a I was a poet who used to just battle rap niggas and they used to hate me like <laughs> just hate me. Now how is the battle rap scene in Savannah? It's um I'm just now getting into it for real for real. So there is some yeah. actual mm-hmm. yeah foundation here. Yeah. yeah, it's more intense than uh going on the stage and performing. Oh yeah, it's more intense. Oh yeah, because you know you hit all kind of nerves. You can hit all kind of nerves. You can hit um. Um, it can get real personal. It can get real personal, oh, yeah. real fast. Um, you know, but yeah, they used to hate me a lot. <laughs> they used to hate me, but I did enjoy it though. So let me ask you this: um, What does success look like for you as an artist, as a rapper, and as a poet? Being hurt. Mm. So is um, it the same for both? Yeah, being hurt. Um, being understood. You know, I don't really care um, about the money if it comes, you know. If a contract comes, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But just being heard and, you know, looking back, you know, 20 years from now, I'd be like, she was a fucking beast. You know what I mean? Like, just having that title, whether, you know, the world knows me or whether, you know, you know my peers know me or family or, you know, years to come, I want to be known as, like, something, like, mm-hmm. you know, whether the money comes or not. Just having that title, like, yo, she was actually dope. She She's a lyricist, and she has a lot to bring, whether, you know, success comes or not, you know. Okay. Are you religious? Um, I am. I wouldn't say I am. I'm more on the spiritual realm, actually. Uh, but I do always look into, um, I'm very open to other people's religions and, you know, learning different, you know, how they, you know, maneuver around morals and stuff like that. I'm very open to, you know, learning about so other you're people. Studying makes yeah, I'm not. pretty much studying. Okay, okay. How much does religion play a factor in your music or uh or spiritualism? Your studying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm always learning. Uh when I was growing up, I never really had a um a solidified religion. You know how like all the kids were growing up and they were like, you know, I'm Christian, I believe in God. I'm just like mm-hmm. the one that's just looking around like Oh, okay, like everybody's yeah. talking about their Easter outfits. Yeah. Everyone's stuff. talking about their Easter outfits, and I was just You're a kid just who's like, just like, oh yeah, <laughs> Easter, Easter. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly Easter. You know, like you know, I was very aware of you know Christian, you know, you know Christianity, but you know, I never really latched onto it. So mm-hmm. I always kept an open mind when I got older to you know studying and learning, um, you know, spirit, you know, spiritual spirituality, you know, Christianity. You know, Buddhism, you know, I grew up around so many people and around so many different, you know, religions, you know, I took the time to just like pull pieces that really stuck with me to use it in my own, you know, format in my writing. So where do you post? Always, I guess you said you don't have any music out right now. Mm-mm. Did you, you were posting music when, when you When we going to get some music? On my birthday. Which okay. is? My whole album. Which is? This is a room full of Leos, by August the way. August 12th. August 12th? Yeah. This is a room full of Leos. Yeah. It's two. Oh, that's right. That's right. I wasn't <laughs> but yeah, people should be expecting my uh, music by August the twelfth. Right now, me and my producer are busting our asses to um put out the work of art that I've worked on for you know years. I worked on my album for two years. Mm-hmm. I changed the title once. Um, I went back and forth with the title, the concept, and you know what was my approach. And I think it finally hit me when I was sixteen mm-hmm. that you know. There's a stigma, like I said, like we were talking about earlier, what I should sound like. 
So I completely went with the concept of division. Mm. And I stuck with that, and I'm going head first with that. Mm. So I'm sure people watching are uh, definitely curious, you know, what you sound like and what you got. Yeah. <laughs> uh-uh, yeah. don't give me that stage fright now. You no. know what I'm saying? You ready for this freestyle? Yeah. Alright. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, I hear my voice. <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. Yo. Stitched to be different, no khakis in my jeans From tougher fabrics, you can't pass your distress in my jeans Dying denim, down with two you ink, more click with a pen Storytelling, don't know my story, my master hold my blueprints My manuscript, so cryptic King James Virgin Verse is a black messiah getting closer to Jesus himself Balance my chakras, well-round prophet Yes, I'm a goddess, holy is the ground where I'm found You can bow down, I'm too legit, I can't quit On some energizer shit, no caffeine Caesar, you better than Paula Dean You know what I mean, you know what I mean Then now it's who gon' hear me? Then now it's who gon' hear me? Yo, I'm gon' switch up the flow. Libby Love, it's hot shit, you know that I'm flow. I got a sick ass flow. Libby Love is really dope. I'm from the 912, tell me what to do. The W humbly rambling rappers can't rumble with a bumblebee. I keep a stinger for niggas who buzz you're bugging me. I don't have time for the games. Niggas always so lame. You really with the bullshit, I could really call it quits. Yo, Libby Love is really hot, you not. I spit it like a badass kid on the rocks. I'm a foodie pebble, niggas acting so fruity. I'm really the hottest booty. The thickers be acting duty. Hey, hey, be love is really dope. D O P E when you mention me. D O P E when you mention me. Yo, okay, yo. Ding dong, Libby love at your screen though. What you fiend for? I ain't no fiend ho. I'm the woman that your man said to keep eye on. I stay for rappers to the screen though. Rambling rappers can't rumble. Rambling, rambling rappers can't rumble. Yo, rambling rappers can't rumble with a bumblebee. <laughs> okay, hold the fuck up. Yo, Libby Love, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, I, I freestyle. I'm on right. a round of applause right here. Going here. <laughs> that's crazy. I was right. not expecting that. Yeah. Sweet. What's your season? Real talk. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, where can people find your music at? You can find my well, you can find my music, my music videos on Instagram at Libby Love L One B B Y L O V with three E's. Um, my music is coming out August the twelfth this year, twenty twenty. You can find me on Spotify, Apple Music, and all that extra good stuff. So yeah. That's it, Libby Love. I appreciate you for coming through. Thank you, thank you for having me. Right. Mm -hmm. Stay tuned, Fresh yeah. Radio. We out.